0: Lights, camera, action. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the Hunger Games catching fire. As always, I'm your host, John, and with me, I have Emily, and we are ready to go. All so, right. kick it off.
0: Okay. Catching Fire was released on November 22nd of 2013. It was directed by Francis Lawrence. I have quite a long cast list, and I didn't even include everybody who probably could be included, but the ones I have written down are Jennifer Lawrence, Josh Hutcherson, Liam Hemsworth, Sam Claflin, Jenna Malone, Elizabeth Banks, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Woody Harrelson, and Donald Sutherland.
1: Who's, who's Sam...
0: Sam Claflin plays Finnick.
1: Oh, okay. Did you say Stanley Tucci? Did you include him? in I it?
0: didn't because I I tried to just include like the main main characters because oh. my the, list could have gone who on plays and on.
1: Plutarch, or whatever. I do have him. Yes. Okay. I don't even remember his name.
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman. F-
1: yeah, but hey, Stanley Tucci.
0: Yes, but then it's like okay, then I need to include Lenny Kravitz, and then I, I know, know,
1: Lenny Kravitz, I love him too.
0: Maybe I should have just <laughs> made my list long. Uh,
1: anyways, continue.
0: Um, so it was distributed by Lionsgate. It has a runtime of two hours and 26 minutes. It's rated PG-13. It had a budget. Originally, it started out at $78 million, but they upped it to $130 million. Um, and then the box office total was $865 million.
1: Interesting. That's, uh, I mean, super strong. Box office numbers, almost a billion. I, I wish I would have written down what the first movie did. I know we covered it in season one. So if you haven't listened to it already, go back and you can listen to we covered the, the first Hunger Games last season. But uh, I'd be interested to compare those numbers.
0: Well, let me just look it up here for you. Oh, OK. OK. So their budget was $78 million. Box office total six hundred and ninety four million
1: okay interesting so sequel definitely did better yes um which i mean no real surprise there i guess yeah just sorry go ahead i I just i i think it's a better movie
0: yes it was like it was the highest grossing hunger games franchise movie out of all four of them
1: Really? really i didn't realize that okay that's very interesting
0: yes so i do have some fun facts Um, first one is that the soundtrack, which is great. It actually has a lot of bands that I'm, we're both familiar with. I didn't realize it. Really? So some examples are Coldplay, Lord, Imagine Dragons, and The Weeknd.
1: Really? Interesting.
0: Yes. I know. I didn't know that either, but one other thing that I found interesting was that Ed Sheeran actually submitted three songs for consideration to be on the soundtrack and all three were turned down. Really? Yeah.
1: Huh.
0: Um, kind of going back to box office total things. Um, this movie set a new record for like November box office openings. Um, it made one hundred and fifty eight million dollars in its first weekend. Wow. Um, they recast someone in the movie from the first one to now do you have a guess of who it is
1: uh truthfully i don't i feel like it's gonna be somebody who's like a minor character somebody that's not like that noticeable uh i don't know was it was it prim or
0: no of course not prim you don't okay no it was not prim it was primrose's cat
1: Oh, yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> and believe it or not, fans were very upset because it didn't look anything like... I have a lot of facts about this, actually.
1: About about the cat? Uh,
0: not, about the, not about the cat.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But
0: sorry, I should have finished what I was saying before I said that. It didn't look anything like how Suzanne Collins, who is the author of The Hunger Games, described in the book. Oh. And I was just going to say, <laughs> I have a lot of... um. Facts, I guess you would say, really, or comparisons like about yeah. what was different from the book and gotcha. the movie. Okay, so because I read all the books and they're amazing, I think I'm going to reread them again soon.
1: I, I have mixed feelings about that. On the one hand, like, I think if an author does go out of the way, like for the source material to describe something or someone that, like, okay. If you're adapting this material, then you should be respectful of the source material in the sense that like they are the ones who created it Mm -hmm. and they took the time to be specific. So you should, you know, take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. But also on the other hand, like it's a cat. Right. Who cares? It's inconsequential to the overall story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not like uh, it's a main character or anything like that. So I, I see it both ways
0: yeah i just included it because i thought it'd be funny yeah it is um next in the clip that shows peta proposing to katniss josh hutcherson's pants ripped oh no (laughs) (laughs) um that was just like a small sidebar another one i'm gonna okay sorry i lost my place um the whip that was used on Gale obviously wasn't a real one. Right. Um, it was made of felt so it wouldn't hurt him. But after shooting the scene so many times, he actually did end up getting welts on his back from it.
1: Yeah. That's not surprising.
0: Um, next in the first movie, um, you know how like they, they go in and they kind of show their skill set. Yes. And they get scored based off of that. So cat, uh, PETA's score in the first movie was eight and Katniss was 11. It's on a scale of one to 12. If you didn't know that. Okay. Um, in this movie, you don't see their scores, but in the book they did reveal their scores. Do you have any guesses, John, of what their scores were? So PETA, just a reminder, PETA did that painting on the floor of Rue. Right. And Katniss took a mannequin and made it look like Seneca crane and hung it from,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh no, I I scale
0: of one to twelve. Any guesses?
1: If I had a guess, they probably scored her low, but at the same time, she's also like the capital sweetheart. So I don't know. I I'm just let's just do a six for an even split for both of them. No, for Katniss. What do you think I'm Peta guessing, got? Uh, for Peta, I don't know. Probably an eight.
0: They both got twelves. Really?
1: Yes. Uh that's just favoritism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's kind of speculated that um it was like because um they wanted to kind of put targets on Katniss and Peeta's backs just so that way like cuz the tributes see like yeah. oh they got perfect scores like we want to get them out of here fast. Right, yeah. Um yeah, okay. The scene, you know the scene where Finnick is talking to Katniss and eating sugar cubes? Yes. He eats about 3 of them. Yeah. They ended up doing many retakes Yep, and he ended up eating an entire box of sugar cubes. And I looked it up and a typical box holds over 100 sugar cubes. Yeah, that's so awful. So he probably felt horrible. After I'm sure that. he did.
1: That's that is one thing that I've listened to, like actors who go on podcasts or do interviews or whatever. They talk about, like, what's the worst thing about shooting a scene or acting? And they all say, like, if you ever shoot a scene eating food, like, it's the worst. Because, yeah. like, if you take a bite of pizza, every scene you do, you have you to have to
0: take a bite of pizza. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so by the end of the day, you feel, you know, disgusting. And, right. Uh, yeah.
0: So on that note, the scene where Finnick, Peta, and um, Katniss are eating fish in the arena in this scene yes they actually were eating raw fish like they brought a sushi chef in and like they you know made yeah fish for them and i guess like jennifer lawrence like hated it and so that's just kind of like interesting to the same yeah yeah same point same point um a couple casting details and then i'll get into more of the book comparisons okay um Kristen bell actually like really wanted the role of Joanna Mason um, because she was like a huge fan of the series. And then another person who wanted the role of Joanna Mason was Lindsay Lohan. Interesting. Yes.
1: I don't think I could see either of them.
0: I don't think I could either. I don't
1: know. I don't remember the actress's name who plays Joanna, but she does a good job. I I think...
0: It's uh, Jenna Malone.
1: Yes. I think she does a good job of Having like a lot of attitude, while also like you can tell that she is uh, intentionally being protective of Katniss, right? You know, like I don't know, it's she does a good job, yeah.
0: And then another um, casting detail: there were a lot of people considered for the role of Finnick, but the one that stood out most to me was Garrett Headland.
1: Oh, really? Really? I love him.
0: Yes, and so for those of you who don't know, he is the main character in Tron.
1: Yeah, in Tron Legacy. Yes. Yeah. Tron
0: so, Legacy, sorry. Yes. yes. Yeah. He Which we plays. covered. When did we cover that?
1: Uh, it was end of was, last season. Yeah, it was middle to end of last season. Great movie. One of my favorites.
0: Yes. Okay. So a few um, book movie comparisons. So in the book, Plutarch like flashes when he first I think it's when he first meets Katniss I can't remember it's been so long since I watched this um he like flashes a pocket watch that has a mockingjay on it at Katniss um and she spends a lot of time like questioning like why did he do that like he's the head game maker you know like what's going on um but when they shot that they actually did shoot that scene in the movie But it came across as like spoiling the surprise at the end that he's in on all of this because there wasn't the internal monologue that you get in the book, you know, when Katniss is thinking about this. So they ended up taking it out. Um, Next one. The book tells you about the previous two quarter quells. So for the first one, because in this movie, like the third quarter quell, like the 75th annual Hunger Games is happening. So for the first... Um, sorry, I need to stop. I need to get my thoughts together before, before I talk. You're fine. Um, so one other thing I wanted to say about the Quarter Quells is it it says this in the movie too, but they are you know supposed to be significant, like different in some way from the rest of the Hunger Games. So now moving on to what I was going to say. Uh, for the first Quarter Quell, the book says that the special thing that made it different was that the district members had to vote on who would be the tributes. Oh, that's so terrible. They, yeah, I know. And then the second one, they had twice as many tributes. So two boys and two girls from each district.
1: Also terrible. Yes. All and, of it's terrible.
0: Yeah. And uh, the book also um, tells that Haymitch was the winner of the second quarter quell when there was twice as many tributes. Oh, really?
1: Yes. Interesting.
0: Um, that is all I have.
1: Okay, well, I'll jump into some production details, which I don't have a lot. Actually, the majority of the stuff I ran into for production was pre-production stuff, and it kind of details and talks about how um, this movie has a different director than the first movie, and then also it talks quite a bit about um, trying to fit this movie into Jennifer Lawrence's shooting schedule because she was... Um, committed to the X-Men franchise, and so um, she had a lot going on at the time. That was the majority of uh, production details that I ran into, but I do have some. So production officially began on September tenth, two 2012. Shooting locations include Atlanta, Georgia, Hawaii, and New Jersey. Uh, Principal photography wrapped in March 2013, and... One note that uh, Francis Lawrence submitted to once he became director was that he did not like the use of shaky cam in the first movie when they were in the arena. Mm. So I think pretty much everybody knows what shaky cam is. But if you don't, it's essentially, you know, when a movie is shot or filmed in a way that looks like someone is holding a, a camera in their hand and, you know, you feel every step and, you know, it's, it's kind of raw footage it makes you feel the action and emotion and in the setting so he hated that in the first movie and so when he came on as director for Catching Fire he said that specifically for the arena scenes he wanted to use an IMAX camera and have it mounted so that they had you know nice even smooth shots for all those scenes Mm -hmm. and that's all I have
0: oh wow really Yeah.
1: yeah there was there really wasn't a whole lot there was a teeny tiny bit about costume design but it was essentially just boiled down to this person worked with this person and they produced the costumes so there wasn't a whole lot that i ran into at least not that i thought was interesting to talk Mm -hmm. about
0: well i don't feel as bad that mine took longer then
1: oh yeah no worries
0: so what would you rate this movie on a scale of one to one hundred
1: so you've done this to me before, so I'm going to put you on the spot and say I want you to go first.
0: Okay, I can. I have a number in mind already. Okay. I think I'm going to give this movie a solid 90.
1: See, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I, I The only reason I was thinking about going higher was because I think we gave the first Hunger Games an even 90.
0: I will give this movie a solid 92.
1: <laughs> um, I don't remember for sure, and it doesn't really matter. Our ratings don't have to be one to one, but I just. Yes, on, but I
0: do want to rank it higher than the first yeah, I, because I do like it
1: better. than yeah, the first. just on the record, I will say I like Catching Fire better than the first Hunger Games. I think Catching Fire is the best Hunger Games movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a, an even 92 too. Um, Even though I really think probably a solid 90 is sufficient. Mm -hmm. But
0: so before we started recording, you said you did have a criticism of this movie. I want to know what it is.
1: I do. So I don't feel like I have a lot of criticisms of this movie because all the way around, this is pretty solid as far as entertainment goes in the movie, you know. I, uh, I have read the books, but I read them one time when I was in seventh grade. So many, many years ago at this point, and, uh, I don't really recall any of the information. So, um, I could really care less about, oh, this wasn't here or, you know, anything about that. Mm -hmm. One thing that really, really bothers me about, I, you know, I don't know if it's this way in the book. If it is, then, um, I guess this is a criticism of just the source material, But, um, I think it's really, really dumb when, when you think about it, like you really think about it, it's really, really dumb. Kind of this Hollywood trope, I guess you could say. It's just a trope. I don't know if it's even unique to Hollywood, but, um, when they start working through the previous year's victors and they're like, oh, you you know, this is the brother and sister. He won this year Mm -hmm. and then she won the next year. They start out strong with um, how they're introducing the characters. Mm -hmm. They have about two or three solid uh, pairs that are dynamic. They have different stories. And then literally the rest of them are exactly the same. It's like, oh, these are the techie people. These people were ones that, you know, they didn't even fight. They were just in camouflage and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And it's like, really? Because... They didn't win together. Right. So you're saying that they had the exact same trait in different Hunger Games and they won in the exact same way. Yeah. You know, it like that really, really bugs me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a big deal because mm-hmm. they're still interesting characters. And at the end of the day, like really only, you know, like six of them stick around for the majority of the arena and the rest of them are just kind of cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just I, I don't know. It, it's a detail that really bugs me because um, that definitely should not be the case.
0: Yes, I agree. The only I, I, I do agree. I think that is a, a flaw in the movie. Yeah. But I believe um sorry, hang on. I'm looking it up because I don't want to
1: say wrong. Yeah, you're fine. I at the end of the day, I just think it's lazy. It's like it's either lazy or just a straight up oversight.
0: Okay, so i I thought this was right, and I just wanted to make sure. So in the books, each district is known for something, you know. Right. So that's the only explanation I can give for that. Like if I were to try to defend the movie. Because it is in the books, too, like that, like, oh, these right. two won because of this, these two, you know. Um, so, like, Wiris and Beatty, who um, are yes. in this movie, they're from District 3. That's what I needed to look up because I couldn't remember. And District 3 was known for, like, like electronic things, like, yeah. you know, that Which kind of thing.
1: I do get, um, I like, I, I totally get that. And it does make sense. And that was probably in the back of my mind. That was the only thing that I could like I guess use as rationale for why it would be that way Mm -hmm. but But still yeah that's what I was gonna say even still like it I think what bothers me most about it is that they have the first I don't know two or three pairs that they introduced each person in the pair is unique and distinct. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, this, he did this, you know, blah, 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 whatever. She did this and she filed her teeth and he did this, you know, right. like they're, they're unique characters. And then literally the entire slew, the rest of them are just like, oh, they, they did this trope and then they won because of this, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of this, uh, unimorphous blob of like, uh, they, they won because of camouflage and it just feels very low effort yeah. in that sense. And so I think that's kind of lame. Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, I understand that. Yeah. OK, so do you have anything that you liked that you want to talk about?
1: Um, there's a lot that I like. The I mean, I think overall what maybe makes this movie better for me is uh, the character of Plutarch. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're comparing the first one to the second one, um, and mind you, these are two very different movies with two very different, or I guess two very different stories um, with two very different end goals in mind. You know, The Hunger Games, the first one is basically the introduction to the the world as mm-hmm. a whole. The second one is basically all legwork for the finale, mm-hmm. um, which is that, you know, the revolution is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't realize it yet. Yeah. And so I think what I really, really like about this movie is Plutarch and the unexpected twist that his character provides because I think he does a good job, at least how it's written and how he acts um in the movie. It's very believable that he does not like Katniss and that, you know, he's trying to help President Snow, get right. rid of her. Like mm-hmm. they do a good job of conveying that message. So it makes the end reveal when you watch it for the first time, that much more surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like him. Um, as always, I, I love Hamish. Um, Senna played by Lenny Kravitz is great. Um, Caesar played by Stanley Tushy is great. Um, he, he, I, there's a lot that I like. I think one of the most important things probably about this entire series, um, but especially this movie at least maybe just because we watched it the other night and it's fresh in my mind is that, um, this, the story here, it, you know, the, um, the message that you take home is that, uh, this stuff does happen in the real world. Maybe not in a, like a one-to-one recreation where you're putting people into an arena and they're killing people. Um, for entertainment, but the underlying things of keeping people entertained so that you don't realize what's going on with the government mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, trying to snuff out people's hope because if they have hope, they can, you know, mm-hmm. you, whatever. That if you really get into kind of the political side of it and the message that's there, it, it's a really, really good thing, really, really important thing. And honestly, I mean, just look around the world and what's going on in current events right now. Look at the Ukraine. Look at uh, Israel. Look at, I mean, so many countries, China, North Korea, like everybody is like prepping for war, it seems like. Seems like, uh, I don't know, World War Three is kind of around the corner. Um, everybody's kind of on edge. But if you get into kind of the, the depths of those struggles. Um, They're obviously very layered and complicated and everything else. But at the end of the day, um, there are people who are trying to keep people in line or control them and um, not allow for any type of autonomy or, um, you you know, I I think you know where I'm going with Mm -hmm. all of this. And that's basically to say that there are people who want to sell serve their self-interests and that alone right and that's basically the character of snow and you know keep keep people where they're at and keep them in line and control them so that you can live off of their effort and have a nice cushy life Mm -hmm. um and so i don't know just that it's very dynamic and uh, the stories of uh Fighting for the truth and f- standing up for what's right is really, really important.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: What are some of your favorite scenes?
0: Um, I have a few that I thought of off the top of my head, but I know that there's more. I just can't think of any right now. Um, I really like seeing Prim in this movie and mm-hmm. how much she's grown since the first movie and like how much more mature she is and how much she knows like she's like you know in the book we learn that and in the movies i guess we learn that she's like you know trying to train to become a nurse and you know that kind of thing so it's cool to see her actually practicing that when gail gets hurt and um when katniss gets hurt and things like that yeah um i also um really like the like when Katniss and PETA do have to give their like skill set demonstration thing like I just yeah I don't know I like that series of scenes too um as well as I mean I don't I don't like this scene because it's sad and it's horrible but I have to give props to the acting especially to Jennifer Lawrence when they find out about having to go back to the arena you know it, all, it cuts yeah, to each I will, person while they're watching yeah. president snow's speech
1: yeah i'll agree 100 percent. i think uh you know josh hutcherson and mm-hmm. jennifer lawrence and uh
0: woody harrelson woody
1: harrelson um they they all do a fantastic job of just showing the raw emotion mm-hmm. uh you know because all of them went through something that is extremely traumatic mm-hmm. and they survived and basically the promise that you're told is you'll never have to go through it again if you win right and they did and then i mean literally for uh katniss and pita they're going right back into it right. they they didn't even get one season so right. to speak of uh being free from the hunger games mm-hmm. so it is uh devastating but they they do a great job uh with the score and the cinematography and the mm-hmm. acting in those scenes for making you feel just the uh crushing blow yeah that that sure. is
0: mm-hmm. and then the last thing that this i mean this isn't a scene but i just i really like the characters of Joanna and Finnick and i also love the dynamic between each of them and Katniss yeah, um, and just how like it's the slow building of trust and um, like, you know, still being like Katniss obviously was still leery of them because they were in the arena together, you know, like at any moment they could turn and kill her. Right. So, but I just, I don't know. I just like the dynamic. I don't really know how to explain it.
1: Much no, I agree. Better, I like that they're introduced into the movie and we don't know it, but they are totally, you know. For Katniss and trying to protect her and Mm -hmm. everything else. But as someone who's experiencing the movie through Katniss's eyes, you very much feel the tension, I guess, in the sense that, like, I don't know, are they going to hurt me? Are they going to help me? Mm -hmm. And, like, okay, well, I just have to go along with them and hope and trust that they're not going to kill me. uh, But at the end of the day, I really just have to protect my own back. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I really love the the addition of their characters and the dynamic that that kind of brings on.
0: Yeah. Um, and then the last scene or set of scenes that I really liked were um, when all of the tributes are being interviewed by. Um, what's his name? Caesar. Caesar Flickerman. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I just like how you know in each interview and like behind the scenes Mitch is saying you know like they're going to say whatever they can to cancel the right. games and i just like each interview and i also like how you can see how uneasy caesar gets when like pita mentions the baby and right um he like just like whispers into his ear like Go back, or what? Like we don't know what he says, but right. you can put together like you need to go back to you know the back, <laughs> right? And also, I really love um, after that when they all like join hands, yep. and again Caesar is like, "What is going on? Like, right. what am I supposed to and do he here?" And he cuts the feet, and he cuts the feet, and the the yep. power goes out, and like that kind of thing. So yep. I really like that set of scenes too.
1: Uh, I agree. Um, also. Jeffrey Wright. Love him. Uh, he plays a minor role in this movie as, is it Beattie? Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Um, he's just a great actor Mm -hmm. Uh, any movie that I've watched him in. I love, Uh, Yeah, you know, he commissioner Gordon and the Batman and, uh, he was, uh, Oh, I forget his name now, but he's in pretty much all of the Daniel Craig 007 movies. He just,
0: and, he always plays killer characters.
1: He really does. He, he's just a great actor. Mm-hmm. I enjoy him. But, um, so anyways, he he did a good job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I really like the scene where Katniss um, shows, is it, is it Max or Mags? Mags. Mags. Okay. So where she's showing Mags how to shoot the bow and arrow. Yes, and they have the the hard light projections of the people that are running at her, and you know she's, uh, you know, rolling and doing all this action stuff, shooting with the bow and arrow. Uh, The reason I like that scene in particular, and I think I talked about this in season one when we covered the first movie, is that the way Katniss uses her bow in the first movie is very technically proficient in the sense that it. She was trained, uh, Jennifer Lawrence was trained by an Olympian archer Mm -hmm. to use her bow, um, which is great, but not necessarily like applicable for hunting or combat. Mm -hmm. And so I like that they show that because she's using a bow and in the proper way, Mm -hmm. the way that she would be using it. So I do like that. And I also like Mag's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an interesting dynamic that she would uh, be willing to volunteer because uh, Fennec's girlfriend. Annie. Annie. Yes, I thought it was Annie. Um, she would have been, well, she did get drawn, right? Mm-hmm. And then Mag's, Mag's volunteered as tribute. I love that. She did that for Finnick and for Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just that she's a character who is mute is you know provides an interesting dynamic as well and i love that she sacrificed herself in the fog so that they could get away Mm -hmm. um and that she was like a mentor to Finnick, and that she was nice to katniss from the get-go i just think she's an interesting character yeah for sure but cool well i that's really all the stuff that's kind of at the forefront of my mind yeah me too um i guess i do like the setting of this hunger games it's
0: Like the, like the arena that they're in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That it's a tropical, which that was all filmed in Hawaii Mm -hmm. for that. But it's interesting that like they start out with like the clock, um, kind of arena setting where they're in the water and it's this huge circle. Yeah. Um, you don't know that it's a clock until later. Right. But, um, that is pretty cool. And, uh, also love the scene just visually when you see it. Um, when Katniss ties the wire to her arrow and it lights up. Yes.
0: I do like that scene too.
1: That's pretty cool. When it hits the, the dome and Mm -hmm. everything just starts getting destroyed. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I do too.
1: All right, cool. Well, I think that wraps this episode up unless you got anything else. I do not. Okay. All right guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, we ask that you give us a thumbs up. If you're listening on Spotify, Uh, Ask that you give us a five star rating or a review that really does go a long way and help us get discovered by new audiences. And uh, we do appreciate all of you that have already done that. Our audience continues to grow. We've got listeners in New Zealand now, too. So that's awesome. I think we're uh, obviously in America, but also the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and India, as far as I know. So Mm -hmm. um, we appreciate you guys who are doing that. Um, And for all you new listeners out there, welcome. Um, Next week, we're going to be covering um, Bumblebee from the Transformers franchise, which I'm a big nerd with like superhero comic book stuff, so I've always loved Transformers, had the toys as a kid, so I'm really stoked about this. I love Bumblebee, Um, probably one of the best Transformers movies.
0: I am not a Transformers fan, but... I do like the movie Bumblebee.
1: Yeah, it's really solid. So if you're interested in checking that out before um, next week's episode, it is streaming currently on Paramount+. Plus. It is also streaming on Amazon Prime. And it might even be streaming on Hulu, depending on the package that you have. So with that, thank you guys for joining us. And we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye.